0: Welcome to The Weekly. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey. And this week on The Weekly, Return to Parenthos, the physical book, Evil Geniuses Demise, so Evil Genius Games, On uh, has an exclusivity deal, and Pathfinder has official soundtracks for their adventure paths. So yes, as, in case you can't tell, I had to get the TV out again and... Uh, Matt <laughs> was able to join me, but uh, so I appreciate it very much. And uh, and yeah, stay tuned. Uh, we'll be on online in about 24 hours again, uh, finishing up some Blade Runner. So uh, yeah, keep an ear out for that. Oh, and something I want to mention before we get to the topics too. There's only a couple of days left, but uh, Osprey Games is having their February flash sale. So like 40% off of a lot of games. So, you know, Frostgrave, uh, Stargrave, all of their... Um, uh, various publications and things that they handle for other people as well are all discounted. so if you like physical books and uh you like the you know miniature agnostic games that Osprey does, and also they're historical, they do a lot a ton of historical uh take a look at that, so I put a link in this description for that, and uh Chris, of course we're always yeah talking <laughs> about what sales we need to take advantage of for the the next game but uh uh yeah, Chris kid me into that, so uh yeah. Keep uh yeah, take a look at that, so um, as far as osprey, what's your the favorite thing that you've played of theirs so far
1: oh, stargrave
0: definitely but, Stargrave, yeah, yeah yeah,
1: yeah, uh I haven't i mean I don't think I've really played many of the other games. I look mm-hmm. through their website every once in a while, and I'm like, oh, that looks cool, that looks mm-hmm, cool, mm-hmm. but honestly my my interaction with Osprey before stargrave was mostly back when i was a much younger
2: uh-huh. <laughs>
1: and i would buy their little books on historical like military units mm-hmm. like they would make those, those little uh i don't know maybe they're like 40 page books right, about right. you know the legions of rome or you know mm-hmm. just different things like that and people i guess people were buying them mainly for like the painting schemes and stuff for right. their uh, historical warfare mm-hmm. miniatures stuff but i just bought them as a youth yeah, yeah for you know pleasure reading but yeah stargrave hands down it's been a blast
0: nice nice How yeah you? Uh, yeah i don't i think well frostgrave was kind of my first the the first joseph mccullough game we played and we did like the lego frostgrave so yeah i've been all in i love that i love what he did with a, a d20 you know miniatures game i thought that was a really really fun and the the, the fact that you could use uh you could Play a completely respectable, you know, skirmish game with Lego minifigs was uh, <laughs> very <Yeah>. impressive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I, I also he's done a lot of stuff. The uh, the Rangers of the Shadow Deep. Um, I, I haven't gotten. I've. Um, gone through, like figured out what miniatures I need <laughs> for some of that but I haven't actually played through any of that because it's either co-op or solo and uh, okay. the, yeah, the problem is that each scenario, you know, they don't provide miniatures. There's, I think, some people like 3D artists that are supporting it but there's a uh, a lot of stuff you got to do. You got to come up with a, a cottage and a forest and some giant spiders and, you know, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> you got to prepare ahead of time. But, uh, and also the... Um, What's the uh, the kind of gothic setting with the? Uh, I just got uh, I got that not too long ago, and uh, a couple of factions for that. The uh, oh, I'm totally bl- <laughs> totally blanking on it. But uh, the the nice thing too um, with all of the McCullough games that are going through Osprey is they've got a lot of support. I mean, he has done a lot of different games. I mean, Oathmark, Frostgrave, Stargrave. Uh, and then the one that I'm totally forgetting, Silver Bayonet. That's right, Silver Bayonet.
1: Oh, sorry, Silver Bayonet. Uh, okay.
0: And um, they're all getting expansions, they're all being supported. I mean, he is incredibly prolific with, uh, you know, doing more settings, more rules. And and even uh, the Rangers of Shadow Deep is getting uh, more expansions as well. That's a lot of work because uh, that's narrative, you know, that's a, almost a narrative game. So, uh, is he
1: part of that whole turnip thing, too?
0: maybe um i'm not sure but yeah I, I think he's he's kind of like those yeah the the guys the kind of group that uh, publish with uh, the the magazine with ash from uh gorilla gaming the Guerrilla games channel and uh uh i'm not sure i'm not sure if he uh develops so, that like the gaslands guy and stuff. I'm I totally not thinking of anybody's name right now. Yeah. But uh uh yeah, I don't think I think he he I think those are kind of peers like people that started doing miniatures games um with him, but I'm not sure how connected he is because I think yeah, I think he's an American or living in England or something, based in England. I've seen him like visiting or like doing videos with a lot of uh, British podcasts. So I think he might mm-hmm. be UK based, but I don't know. He maybe just travels. People can, you know, actually fly <laughs> to different parts of the world. All right. Well, are you ready to uh, return to Parenthos? So uh, we have a, uh, an update. So they, they finished, of course, the um, community mega dungeon that was done to honor the late uh, Janelle Jacquez, uh was completed. All the contributions were done by the, I think, beginning of February. Everything was uh, uh, combined, and uh, now they're ready to actually uh, do the uh, Kickstarter for—or not Kickstarter—the crowdfunder. I got it. It's not Kleenex. It's not Xerox. The crowd <laughs> the crowdfunder uh, for the uh, the book. Which is which will be called uh, Return to Parenthos. Uh, that will be a spiral-bound uh, book that will contain ninety interco- interconnected dungeon levels of all sizes and systems. So the list of the systems gets pretty amazing, and it's so it's a very you know crazy kind of eclectic uh, tribute to uh, to uh, and her uh, her her very uh, varied career, like all the way into uh, you know video games from D and D to. Uh, video games. So um, basically the idea for the mega dungeon was to kind of mirror the caverns of Thracia, uh, which was probably one of her, her best known mm. mega dungeons. And uh, so they're going to do a 200 and pa- they're going to combine all of the uh, contributed community contributed uh, du- uh, levels in a 200 page wirebound book. And they will give it a fresh setting that will be uh, designed by the uh, Troika and mothership designer, uh, Luke Gearing. So he did uh, um, adventures. Uh, for Turka and a uh, mothership, so it's going to get its own setting to try to connect this stuff together. And the uh, other thing that's uh, interesting about the book is it will contain a previously unpublished Q and A with Jaquez uh, that was donated by Tavis Allison. Uh, so uh, and, and granted uh, uh, permission from Goodman Games, so it was something that Goodman Games did that they never uh, they never published. So this is going to be available on Crowdfunder, no e. <laughs> so uh, Crowdfunder. So I guess it's a like an, an indie uh, uh, crowdfunding site, and it'll be published mm-hmm. under the uh, Creative Commons uh, license. Uh, and so you know, of course, the the design is intentionally disparate, and they wanted to uh, you know just kind of honor. Her, her whole you know career and body of work. So uh, it's described as an heirloom quilt-esque hodgepodge of old school essentials, Cloud Empress, Cairn, World of Dungeons, Into the Odd, and several editions of d d are kind of all going to be <laughs> included. In <it>. right. <laughs> so get get all those crazy dice ready because you'll never know what you're going to need. And uh, yeah, so, so a lot of the uh, attributed levels that directly reference, uh, her designs for uh, TSR and Chaosium. Uh, mm-hmm. So the description was you can go from someplace like a fantasy themed, uh, a fantasy theme park that may be connected to a gamma world style post apocalypse, and then into a room full of Pac-Man ghosts and, and a crash crash spaceship <laughs> or the vault of a billionaire art collector. <laughs> <laughs> so, <feel> it. <laughs> so good. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck following that through line. But, uh, yes. Yeah, so the um, the campaign is going to run. Oh, it's actually – we've just got a couple of days left. Yeah, the campaign runs through the 26th of this month, so there's just a few days left. Um, and they're expected to ship the books by May of this year. It's going to be um, – They'll fulfill all of the backers on Crowdfunder, and then they're going to do a small print run that's going to be sold through retailers, and then the proceeds from the retail sales are going to be donated to the Trans Lifeline in order, in honor of, of Jaques and her activism, mm. and a uh, a legislative architect in the U.S.'s uh, uh, trans law, yeah, uh, you know, in the in the community for, for laws, uh, for uh, recognizing. Trans people, so uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's pretty awesome. So I'll put a link to the uh, just a couple of days left, but uh, the uh, uh, crowdfunder. I guess I'm a day ahead, so it's one more day than I think there is (laughs) left. But it's uh, definitely worth checking out. And this is so this uh, crowdfunder is directly going to help pay for the uh, outstanding medical bills and, of course, funeral costs. So it's a very worthy uh, worthy cause. And, uh, and you'll have a very unique artifact, a very unique tribute to a, uh, a very unique designer.
1: Fifty percent, or see $50 for the book, it looks like. Oh, cool. And they're almost 2,000% of their original goal. That's nice. Awesome.
0: Oh, that's good to see. Yeah, that's really good to see. Yeah, because uh, the survive, you know people surviving that leftover with medical bills from a serious illness is not fun at all.
1: Whoa, well, the person that did this crowdfunder lives in my town.
0: Whoa. Nice.
1: Well, now I need to find out who this person is.
0: <laughs> yes, you do. That's yeah, cool. Oh, very
1: cool. Very Sorry, cool. I can't digress. Oh, no. Um, no. Yeah, so I was thinking about this. Uh, it would be fun. I think I might get it later, not during the crowdfunding, mm-hmm. just to have as like a pleasure read kind of thing. Because mega dungeons aren't really my thing, mm-hmm. but I was thinking though, like, is it? Does it say that each level is uh, jaquazed? You know, like yeah. the whole idea of that right. is you're supposed to be able to have multiple ways in and out right. of the of the dungeon. Uh-huh. Like, did they make all these different people make make sure that that was a thing? It's, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, that that would be
0: very interesting and then yeah so then what it would connect to like what yeah what would be the mm-hmm. the next level that you would connect to yeah it, mu- it must yeah. have been a heck of a book to lay out yeah
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. or or they just hand and said, eh, it for a good cost <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know but yeah. it does have me thinking though that I need to add to my sort of classic uh, rule book collection mm-hmm. and try to find an original version of or an early version of her modules, her Dark mm-hmm. Tower and uh, the Caverns of Thracia. Mm-hmm. We really need to get one of the old versions of that.
0: Yeah, know? yeah, definitely. No, that's true.
1: They were probably just staple
0: booklets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> yes, like all the early stuff. All right, so are you ready for a tale of intrigue and uh, mismanagement and scandal? always <laughs> I've got one for you so N-World did this amazing so we've we've talked about this we talked about the failure of the uh, Rebel Moon our tabletop RPG uh, that deal falling through Netflix and Evil Genius Games uh, not being able to work it out but now we know why Evil Genius Games was leaning so hard into such a big license and they were willing to crank something out as fast and hard as they could to get that payday So, um, yeah, so N-World did a really exhaustive history of the rise and fall of evil genius games. And, uh, yeah, so how did this company go from 20 core staff and a ton of contract workers to just six people in the space of a few weeks? (laughs) So, yes, summer of 2023. Evil Genius Games was on the top of the world. They had a half million dollar, uh, made a half a million dollars over two Kickstarters and got about a million dollars from several rich tech investors, which is a little bit odd. The company had between 25 and 30 core uh, staff members and, uh, like I said, a ton of uh, contract workers. They had just uh, signed the, uh, the deal for the Rebel Moon license, and we're well underway developing that. They had uh, a... Uh, they, were, they were sending out all sorts of promotional materials for their D20 modern-inspired Everyday Heroes RPG that had a ton of licenses all rolled up in that, where they uh, let you play every kind of 80s movie you can imagine. But by the end of the year, (laughs) the end of that same year, the Rebel Moon game was dead, workers had gone without pay for up to three months, freelancers had not been paid at all, and people were starting to be laid off, and all of the tech investors seemed to just be slowly backing away from the company. (laughs) (laughs) So what the heck happened? Uh yeah, so um the reason that this was found out is uh some of the uh the resignations. So once layoffs started and once people stopped being paid, the re- resignation started. And they uh, didn't actually uh start official uh, originally over money. It was actually so CEO Dave Scott um started to get really uh kind of infatuated with the idea of, you know, web3. So, you know, web3 is your um NFTs and your AI art and your blockchain, you know, all that, uh, that groovy stuff that everybody's going to make a billion dollars off of that's, you know, it can take any company from small potatoes into the, uh, you know, you'll be the next uh, Microsoft. So, yeah. So once he started in this direction um, and started to uh, try to pull uh, this kind of core uh, core staff, uh, in into this uh, idea they um, they all started to to balk and say yeah no that we're not interested at all in this and um, so originally uh, there was a uh, uh, there was a a woman uh, where's her name Faith elizabeth Lily was the chief chief product officer, and she was the first person that uh Scott tried to kind of bring in. He started having talks with her about making her a co founder and said uh yeah it'll be i 'll make you a co founder of the of uh evil genius under one condition you 'll help me kind of sell this uh web three idea to the rest of the uh the rest of the, the company, and uh, we had, they had already got investment from a uh, a group called the Blockchain Founders Fund. <laughs> so already uh, Faith knew that the thing the the writing was on the wall. Things were not going uh, the way that she wanted to, and uh, and she said that my friends are questioning my ethics on this because the uh, there was actually blockchain in the name of this one investor. So of course you know I knew this was coming. <laughs> Yes. So, um, yeah, so a lot of staff having concerns over this technology. And then they started to, um, the CEO started to, to really try to push hard uh, using AI art. And they even uh, were, were pretty determined to use that for their Everyday Heroes campaign. All of their illustrations for items and things are like, how much AI, you know, the generative AI art can we actually use for this? And how, you know, comfortable is everybody with, uh, you know, uh, producing this and people said no The you know the artists the country everybody said no they do not want it to be involved in this project and have that uh, any part of it and so yeah right away you could tell they were they were going down the wrong path and especially you know AI art plus all of these licenses I don't know how they thought that was going to work because uh, Everyday Heroes had settings for Pacific Rim Kong Skull Island Highlander Escape from New York The Crow Total Recall Rambo and Universal Soldier I don't think any of those companies want AI art, you know, representing you know anything from that property. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's how they. Uh, so yeah, they were looking at about a million and a half in funding, and there was a bunch of uh, CETA Capital, blockchain blockchain funders, Hustle Fund, Side Door Ventures, and Sarah Fund. All kind of startup uh, funding groups had. Uh, given them money, and they immediately after raising this a million and a half, they started spending it <laughs> ridiculously fast uh, with uh, flashy convention appearances. They started this uh, this new retail engagement program that was basically just a bunch of people like cold calling uh, you know friendly local game stores and offering them uh, free promotional materials and things to heavily promote their you know, their publications, and uh, and then of course, that you know, all their investment in uh, uh, you know, tech, their in technology because these were technology companies that were giving them money, so they were promising them technology, which was actually going to be uh, Dispatch was one of those things, which was an organized play platform, a digital play platform, as well as they were working on their own DD Beyond style platform with this funding, so they had money just going every which way. And then by October of that year, uh, Scott realized, "Oh, I actually I, I don't have any money to pay the staff. Wait a minute here." <laughs> I think we've we've grown too fast. We've set our sights a little too high. So he told the company uh, we had a tough quarter. We had a, a, a tough last quarter. So we're we're going to go uh, we're going to go through with this Netflix thing. And uh, but we're short on funds, so uh, it was very stressful. Uh, he said we canceled projects that we thought we were going after, and uh, people who were hired in for certain jobs couldn't do their jobs because we just didn't have the funding to do it. So it was incredibly difficult times. And uh, yeah, so uh, he kept stringing people along. So it was interesting because everybody, the core staff was all contract workers and they all had clauses, of course, in their contracts, um, you know, uh, a non-disclosure uh, clauses and everything. So they needed to keep their mouth shut or be threatened, you know, with, with legal action. And he did threaten people, you know, that were going to talk about the, the financial condition of the company. But... Uh, after they'd squandered all of that initial investment money they said okay we're looking at a at least a 3 million dollar payday with this Netflix deal that's kind of the number that they were looking at so uh they said let's just do everything we can to make this Netflix thing work and get this and get paid uh from the success of this game because it's a you know Zack Snyder property Netflix is backing it and i think they kind of overstepped so we're still not quite sure uh exactly what Gave Netflix the kind of cold feet, um, but the the things that they um, cited that Netflix cited in the the lawsuit does seem to be like a little bit of overzealous uh, kind of promotion and things uh, on the on the on the part of uh, Evil Genius to get this project you know done and as as uh, wonderful as possible. So they. Um, uh, to get this deal started, they, uh, paid $7,500 in advance Royal and in, in, in advance against the royalties and built their, and wrote their world Bible. So they had Eric Nelson and A1 Rowan Nelson, uh, work on this Bible, which, uh, came up in court with, uh, Netflix and Netflix said, yeah, we never asked them to do this. So <laughs> we, we don't know what, uh, what, uh, what, what, what's supposed to be going on with this. Um, and uh, then it came up, the uh, the Gamma Trade Show in April was kind of the uh, the thing that started to cause the problems where Netflix was saying uh, they were offering pre-sales of the game without Netflix's authorization, unapproved marketing material on their own site. They're publicly playing video clips of the, one of the e- Evil Geniuses' uh, confidential work sessions with Zack Snyder. So all of that mm-hmm. stuff uh, pissed off Netflix. And uh, yeah, so... Um, so but remember, that lawsuit was settled, so they were they were dreaming of a three million dollar payday that was going to cover all their expenses, get all their employees paid, and everything was going to be back to normal, and they could go back to crowdfunding and all that good stuff. They ended up settling, and from estimates like people don't know that this number is secret like all out- of court settlements are, but uh, they're they're guessing it's about just under half a million dollars uh they settled mm-hmm. with Netflix for. And, uh, but they had to, but they were required to destroy all of the uh, Rebel Moon materials. They didn't get to keep any of that work. Uh, <laughs> yes. So what? Yeah. What a mess. So they're still planning. I mean, th- they've got six employees still. Six people are still hanging in there, hoping to get paid someday. And uh, they're still. Um, uh yeah hanging in there they're going to do a uh, another kind of everyday heroes uh campaign but it's going to be a military a military theme so yeah i don't know after this news comes out i don't know if they have a chance in hell of getting a crowdfunder to actually work because everybody knows they're out of money now so why would they yeah why would you ever get fulfilled you know why would they ever fulfill and then, so there were other claims too. So a lot of the employees that were talked to, there were claims of um, of uh, sexual misconduct and just kind of un- a very uncomfortable work environment. So yeah, they're all, all the all the best, all the greatest hits were part of this uh, uncomfortable wow. <laughs> uncomfortable nature of the company. Yeah, pushing things in the wrong direction and all that good stuff. Yeah, military heroes. So military Heroes sourcebook, and then their everyday Arcana, which is a urban fantasy setting. They still plan on crowdfunding. They still have their sights set on actually doing that. But yeah, we'll see. Um, Yeah. The interesting thing is, and it kind of always evil genius. always smelled a little funny to me, just how they presented stuff and everything. It was always like a little too enthusiastic for not very good quality stuff. And they hired a lot of, you know, uh, talented contract, you know, writers and artists and stuff, but everything just came out kind of blah, uh, it seemed yeah. like, for, for all of that. But uh, a little bit of bio on uh, David Scott. Um, he was a former Amazon web service worker. He started a company called Marketfish, which is a data management platform. And he also worked for Twitter and was co-founder of some other companies. So he he describes himself as a serial entrepreneur. So the worst possible thing for tabletop, because it's not a big market. It's not a huge cash cow you know, so publishing mm. tabletop games is not something you want a uh, Silicon, you know, Valley, you know, digital bro working on. It's mm. it's just not there.
1: Yeah, is what Watsy Hasbro Watsi is proving. Is yes, the yeah. The more corporatized and investor driven you a company, the worse they're going to be for a gaming product. <laughs> yes. Like, but what a roller coaster this story, because like. Mm-hmm. the everyday heroes thing i was just so meh yeah. about all that i was like i'm so glad that like jeremy doesn't want to play that
0: stuff <laughs> <laughs> right. oh but the crow come on
1: yeah because it would have to be like jeremy no <laughs> <laughs> i would except i wouldn't i'd be too i'd be like oh, look over here at this thing <laughs> but any, anyway um and then the netflix thing goes mm-hmm. down Mm-hmm. And, and it really looks like Netflix screwed them. So, like, I'm all like, "Oh, okay. Well, that sucks. That sucks for them. Poor guys." Mm-hmm. And that, now you're telling me this story, and I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> maybe Netflix wasn't the super evil in this story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe this dumb investor, tech bro guy, is the real bad guy here. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay." and six employees yeah they're the ones who are just so invested in all the yeah. like you know ponzi scheme <laughs> NFT, blockchain crap that
2: right.
1: they they probably can't afford to get out right now mm-hmm. they just have they just have to be hopeful that it pays <laughs> off someday yes that next
0: crowdfunder is going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's amazing. That was really... Uh, oh, and another mm-hmm. uh, another funny complaint about the hostile work environment was a bunch of volunteers that were hired to work at their booth at the convention, uh, they were trapped in a room, <laughs> in a meeting room, and they were not allowed to leave until all of them had gone to drive through RPG and given ratings to the books that they were publishing <laughs> at that time. <laughs> so that's how you make the most of your volunteers is you uh isn't that uh, isn't that uh, kidnapping like if you don't let someone yeah. leave through a door like that's that's technically kidnapping uh, yeah
1: unlawful imprisonment right yeah
0: right <laughs> but i guess if you're just asking for a, a drive through rpg review come on yeah so you uh, know so this was all kind of uh collated and, and combined by um uh, N world writer and he's got a, a brilliant timeline i actually i'm not sure uh uh the name of the, the writer, but they have a a brilliant timeline of all these events that happened, how everything fell apart. And it's all based on either anonymous uh, accounts from the former employees or, you know, now we have court documents and things part, that were part of lawsuits. They have some of the uh, licensing agreements and stuff now that they uh, have uh, unearthed. So yeah, they can really see kind of how this all happened. So what a mess. Man. Yeah. But... And yeah.
1: The- TV, the movie sucked too. Yes, ah. I
0: know. That was even the where it? They, they were hoping that was going to save them. That horrible, uh, horrible property was going to dig them out of that hole.
1: Well, in fairness, I was really hoping it was going to be a good movie too. Yes,
0: yeah, that's true. I, I... then it
1: then it wasn't. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, Zack Snyder makes makes great trailers, but uh, as far as like you know, actual films, original films, yeah, because yeah, I even remember like seeing the uh, at uh, San Diego Comic Con they showed the trailer for Sucker Punch. I was like, what is this amazing movie that is you know uh, Catholic schoolgirls with you know samurai swords fighting robots jumping out of World yeah. War II bombers? It's like this is yeah. the most amazing movie that's ever been made. <laughs> And no, it wasn't.
1: <laughs> it's probably still my favorite Zack Snyder movie, though. Oh. <laughs> you know, if, yeah. I, had to pick, yeah, if I had to pick one. Pick, pick one <laughs> giant Samurai Robots, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's true. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. so uh, so I'll i put a link to this article. It's it's amazing. It's really extensively uh, uh, you know researched and, and managed. So a lot of uh, a lot of interview, interviews and a lot of uh, uh, going through the, the the source for all of this. So none of this is speculation. Now we know, you know, now we know what was going on behind the scenes. That was all being controlled by you know non disclosure uh, clauses in, uh, in employment contracts. Hmm. All right, so moving on to hopefully more positive things. Uh I don't know though, exclusivity deals can sometimes mean, you know, ultimately the customer is going to be hurt, but we'll see. Uh Come on has inked a exclusive deal with Gamefound. So they're going to do all the crowdfunding and pl- uh, pledge manager work for Come on from now on. And uh that means they have their separating from kickstarter and uh they have been with kickstarter for about four uh 41 million dollars worth of, <laughs> of prode- uh, projects um oh i'm sorry no 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 that was that that's a that was an earlier number the total since 2012 Command has raised 108 million dollars on kickstarter wow. wow that is insane 60 successful campaigns and now they're parting ways. I mean, Kickstarter, you really, yeah, you really made a mistake by yeah, not handling that well. Although, I mean, maybe they just looked at it and said, yeah, it's, you know, kind of um, each each project is, you know, less and less. It's diminishing returns. So maybe Kickstarter is, you know, letting them go. But uh, yeah, so the recent successes on Kickstarter were the Marvel Zombies uh campaign and they also did I guess that was their, their most recent one yeah nine million dollars on Marvel zombies So here's a quote. Uh, So at Come On, uh, we always look to innovate and provide the best products and experiences for our customers. So that's uh, David Preddy, the COO of Come On. GameFound has a number of uh, excellent features uh, for our fans that our fans have been asking for. We feel their platform is a great fit for us to move into the future. We want our consumer experience to be as smooth as possible. GameFound gives us those tools uh, that we need so we can focus on creating great games. So currently, um, yes. Yeah, so their first game found campaign uh, is the Song of Ice and Fire. So we talked about that. Their uh, their kind of skirmish tactics game, uh, Song of Ice and Fire tactics uh, is their campaign now, and that's already raised, or that I guess that's finished now. It it has raised uh, over a million, just over a million dollars. So wow, and that's that's four thousand. A, a, a bit over 4,000 backers. So that means the average backer was paying $230 for that game. Wow. That's a lot.
1: um They yeah. have been bombing Instagram ads with that thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I <laughs> you know, get the gaming ones because of my algorithm, of course. Right, right, right. That game is all over. I think we talked about it, was it last time? Mm-hmm. When oh, you're yeah. talking about all the sk- skirmish games. Right and i don't know if you looked at it but it is very more it's much more board gamey you Mm -hmm. have like a map you have like a gridded out mat you're playing on
0: right right yeah and it has a very big dragon (laughs) Mm,
1: yes
0: (laughs) you must have that on your shelf or you just you ain't no gamer uh but uh yeah so uh yeah that was interesting so the um There've been two kind of defections uh, as far as platforms from Kickstarter. So we have both uh, GameFound and then BackerKit, and both of them were handling basically pledge management. They were both pledge manager platforms that Kickstarter used, <clears throat> and a lot of the tabletop uh, companies uh, were using them as well. Uh, so there's still more news on this uh, uh, on the competitors of uh, Kickstarter, uh, uh, crowdfunders. funders. Uh, Brandon uh Brandon Sanderson has said his next Kickstarter is going to Backer Kit. So if you remember, yes, uh Brandon uh, Sanderson Yes, he was the person that had the single most successful 42 million dollar campaign for his four secret novels that he he wrote during the pandemic. Just to make everyone else feel like lazy and do nothing no good pieces of Nothing, uh, he had to write four books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, the largest single single campaign uh, success on Kickstarter. He has officially moved to uh, Backer Kit, and the latest uh, campaign uh, for Backer Kit, uh, starting on March 5th, will be a series of collectible leather bound books, so probably leather bound versions of his popular books. I'm sure that's going to do insanely well. So, uh, He'll will have a he'll uh, have a bigger piece of that, not have to give up as much to uh, to the platform as well. So uh, yeah, so very interesting. the The competition is heating up. I mean, Kickstarter had a huge advantage by, you know, being there first and everybody having the account and you know they they had everyone's email. They were able to uh, uh, promote to everyone very easily. But both uh, yeah, Kit and Gamefound are making a a, a good. Uh, a good try at it. So, um, uh, th- so the big difference between BackerKit, so Kit is, um, uh, San Francisco based, and uh, they, their their big hits so far were have been the uh, Gloomhaven Grand Festival, the uh, MCDM books <laughs> went through BackerKit, as well as uh, Monty Cook Publishing is doing all their stuff. Um, whereas GameFound is uh, Polish based, it's Poland based, and they're actually the um, the one game company that they created their own platform. I'm I'm blanking on the. Um, it's not Steamforged. it's one of the other mm-hmm. other yeah other game publishers it that's their platform um so yeah it's uh especially in tabletop it's getting much more uh competitive and that's what uh backer Ketie even said is uh, don't you know don't be worried we're not going into book publishing or we're not leaving the tabletop our main focus is still going to be tabletop uh it's just that we couldn't resist when Mister Sanderson approached us. <laughs> it's not like we're going to say no to a uh, multi-million-dollar, yeah. Uh, yeah, campaign that's probably going to do well. So yeah, so that's interesting.
1: I'm really curious what Kickstarter's reaction to all of this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had some people argue with me that. Kickstarter is a vast thing, and gaming is only one mm. segment right. segment of it. Mm-hmm. But that was a lot of friggin' money. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of traffic, a lot of eyes on their site. And then you add in the Sanderson thing? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, mm. my God. There's no way there aren't executives at Kickstarter that are
2: mm-hmm.
1: not like, what are we going to do, guys?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And they kind of just, and- yeah. Oh, good. They
1: just kind of you know let that
0: happen because they were working with these companies and basically, you know, they were learning how to handle customers, how to keep people happy, how to you know what a successful campaign looked like. Why not go off on their own and give them a better you know give the uh, the people uh, running the campaigns a better split and uh, yeah.
1: Mm Indie is still around, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. The last the last DCC thing I backed. Was on Indiegogo. Mm. And it's like you don't hear about them much at all in all of this news, you know? Yeah,
0: no, that's really true. And well, and like uh, the Jeques, uh, Jackways, uh tribute book was um, on Crowdfunder, No E I, I didn't, I don't know that platform at all. So yeah, there probably are smaller and, and maybe people are looking for those. They're looking for a more direct experience. And that might've been the frustration that people were having with Kickstarter is they were so big and had so many different categories of, you know, campaigns that they were, you know, technology and furniture building and experimental theater performances, you know, everybody could kickstart anything. And so maybe a more focused platform, uh, we'll be able to address, you know, the the more specific problems you'll have and, and be able to, you know, market to a uh, uh, to, you know, potential backers much more easily. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. So, um, oh, yes, yeah, so th- this was interesting, too, as well. Um, the history of uh, Backerkit. So Backerkit was founded in uh, 2012. And uh, the uh, uh, Mac- uh, Maxwell Salzberg, the CEO, said that... Uh, their, uh, their platform was dealing with 40 to 60% of all of the dollars on Kickstarter in any given month, (laughs) but they were processing Mm. that much of their money. So yeah, to lose them, to have them break away was probably not a great thing to, to let go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Interesting. And so the, uh, the last thing, uh, that I thought, uh, what was interesting that popped up is, uh, Paizo is at it again. So, uh, <laughs> so Pathfinder, uh, the Pathfinder, uh, uh, RPG has, uh, uh, partnered with a fantasy music studio to publish official adventure path soundtracks. So, um, so Paizo is, uh, hiring, um, or is partnering with, uh, the Michael Gelfi studios to produce music for two upcoming adventure paths. So, um, uh Andrew White, their digital products lead, was talking about the uh the virtues of having uh ambient music at the roleplay tabletop. And I thought this was a, was a funny quote uh that said, Many players have to make do with the Lord of the Rings soundtrack or various third-party Halloween, you know, music releases for, for decades. <laughs> but now you have the official music that you should be listening to. Uh nice so the uh yeah michael Gelfi studios is going to produce full lake soundtracks uh for the two upcoming adventures seven dooms for sandpoint and uh, the wardens of wildwood so um they, they you'll be able to download the download those alongside of the first volumes of these adventure paths and adventure has a little bit different from maybe how other you know like uh wizards or uh, other people are doing it they're a connected adventure that kind of has monthly releases. I'm not sure if it goes through like the Pathfinder Society or, but it, it's a um, uh, it's a series of adventures, and they don't all come out at the at one time. So that gives you the ability to you know download these soundtracks at, with each part of the uh, each part of the adventure. And so, uh, a quote from Paizo: "It's our hope that not only will this be awesome, will this awesome music enhance your games today, but that from years from now you'll be able to listen to a track from one of those albums and immediately associate it with a memorable NPC or a moment from your campaign." Hmm. So much as I associate this track uh, with the time my character critically fumbled and accidentally dropped his weapon off the side of a boat, yeah. So oh, oh, White is talking about, uh, yeah, how they want this to, to kind of work and, and be used. So um, uh, the Gelfie Studios has uh, um, already been doing uh, basically a lot of uh, music expressly for uh, tabletop RPGs. And the one thing that they're, they're the direction from Paizo for these adventure paths was, you know, kind of um, uh, support the key themes, uh, inspirations, major characters and story beats in these compositions and make it uh, work Work for their adventure paths. So um, you'll be able to uh, also, so you can buy the the soundtracks digitally uh, from the Paizo website, or you can stream them from the composers associated YouTube, Spotify, or Bandcamp pages. And uh, they will uh, also be listing the music uh, for use with popular tabletops like Foundry. I think Foundry, yes, who Paizo is supporting. Most directly, so there's lot yeah lots of different ways to uh, to listen to it. As a, a, a in fact, you can just get it right from YouTube. So um, yeah, so I thought that that's uh, an interesting approach to have it available in as many places as possible. So uh, so what do you think about uh, composing specifically for a uh, an adventure?
1: Um, I think it's cool. Um, the thing I always cite is a particular episode of. The one of the best British sitcoms ever made, The IT Crowd or (laughs) It Crowd, if you want to call it that. Uh, (laughs) uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but there was an episode where the main character Moss runs Dungeons and Dragons for a bunch of businessmen, Mm -hmm. and he's got a bunch of pre-programmed music, Uh, but he keeps hitting the wrong button on his remote to his music player. You know, (laughs) and he just keeps having to be like, "Oh, bear with me, bear with me," (laughs) you know. And I'm just like, it, it just I think if you get you fret about it too much, it's going to pull you out of the mm-hmm. game. Yeah, mess, mess up rhythm, and I I like to have just some some cool atmospheric background music playing, mm-hmm. uh, which is great when we play on a VTT because it's right there. I can just set yeah. it up and not worry about it. But if you're actually Worried about, oh, it's scene three. I need to pull up this song. Then you're not really in the moment with the game yes. at all.
0: Yeah, know? that's true.
1: But music, collaborative, like music projects with games is becoming, I feel like it's becoming a thing now. Like mm. I keep hearing about it more and more mm-hmm. um, to the point where I'm talking to the guy uh, who from Loot the Body about uh, doing a song for my adventure. Right. Because, right. And so it looks like that's going to happen, which is super cool. Nice. But uh, but that's more meant to be like a... a, a f- just to give you like this cool feel and kind of compliment. It's not meant to be like, oh, have this ready for this mm-hmm. scene or whatever kind of thing. Right, right. And he's done music to support DCC projects before, mm-hmm. um, which is I think is really cool. But I, I do find it really interesting that more companies are thinking about, oh, we have this game product. How can we turn it up another level well mm-hmm. we get we we'll get some music for it right, right so that, that that is cool
0: yeah and it's nice because it's like an, an accessory or it's like additional something that is value added especially if you're doing like crowdfunding or something it's value added and it's it's yeah just something else that you can use at the table uh, another kind of accessory yeah because um uh, is it Andreas from uh, uh Sweden Rolls that was mm-hmm. doing uh composition yeah for free League yeah so yeah. Th- they've been releasing soundtracks for uh their face and, and some of the other uh games they produce as well and yeah it does and I think when the especially the company or the designers are choosing the music it, it like it's one more clue about how they're how they want it to feel, how this, how this is supposed to be set. So you can get closer to the designer's original vision. You know, if you have a, uh, uh, know what it sounds like. Yeah.
1: And, and the nice yeah. thing about the style, like what Andreas does, mm-hmm. is like a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So it, you could just kind of run that on a loop. Right. Yeah. Right. And, right. And it, and it it's going to feed into the overall atmosphere of the game and not have to be targeted to a certain like mm. event or, right. or time.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Oh, now they're in the cave. Wait, wait, wait. I got to get the, yeah. Track track 17. Right. Yeah. So this is uh, interesting because Paizo seems to kind of occasionally dip into this because I remember, I think it was when I was, uh, their their card game came out, the kind of adventure, the, what is it? The uh, Paizo, it wasn't a collectible card game, but it was a, uh, I forget what they called it, but you could basically play their adventure paths as a card-based role-play system where, all of the iconic characters are represented by these cards and the items and all of the NPCs and everything. Uh, you play through this like storytelling card game. And at the same time, to support those iconic characters that you know are on all the covers of the Pathfinder books, they released an audio drama. So they had, you know, voice actors and, you know, they scored and did sound effects for these audio dramas that basically gave you the flavor of these characters if you didn't, you know, know them from Mm -hmm. coming across them in the adventures or or reading their their backstories in any of the the publications they kind of you know gave you this sense of who these characters were and i think it worked really well because i i still from playing that card game and listening to those audio books i know those characters like i see those characters and i remember their personalities and i remember Mm -hmm. like how they fit in the world so that worked yeah that worked really well to uh uh yeah kind of connect it was a good kind of supplemental part of uh uh of that unfortunately though they with uh, second edition pathfinder they haven't rewritten any of those early first edition pathfinder adventures for second edition yet so you can't play those characters or you know you can't play any of those settings so i was like they should get on that i think but yeah i don't know yeah so sandpoint yeah sandpoint was one of those uh was one of the towns so that seven dooms for sandpoint reminded me of that
1: I do kind of wonder, like, okay, when Pathfinder puts this out, right, or they get this out,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how does that work with using it on a VTT and for uh, people who are, are going to then put their stream up, like, on YouTube or right, something? Right, like, right. Are, yeah. are, is it is it going to be, like, you're guaranteed no copyright problems or... Do you have to only use it for personal use? You know, right?
0: I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it has some sort of uh, yeah license distinction and if the uh, the composer themselves if the uh, michael gelfie studios have a youtube channel as well they probably have registered the music with content id which are the robots that crawl youtube so you're probably not going to be able to monetize it you can have it on your channel but then any ads that run the the money Mm. will go to michael gelfie so yeah i don't know um it uh not not if you're trying to monetize your actual plays and stuff it might not be a good thing to use uh yeah because because yeah, i know spotify i'm not sure about bandcamp but i know youtube and spotify both have like bots that are looking for their content so they have kind of strict uh copyright uh, uh control so yeah that, that, that's a good point is uh you might not be able to uh to do much with that audio if that music is in the background <laughs> yeah. but it'll be so atmospheric yeah <laughs> yeah no that's a good that's a good point but uh yeah so another uh, another paizo trying something that other people aren't doing i guess though this the studio has done some stuff for uh uh wizards before so he's get he's got it all he's got uh all the companies covered <laughs> but uh yeah so yeah very interesting uh i thought that was a A fun little detail. So um, it's not happening yet, but this is kind of coming soon. Uh, We just heard the announcement of Coriolis the Great Dark. So uh, middle of next month, uh, Free League is going to release a a sequel to Coriolis the Third Horizon. So I guess this is technically the Fourth Horizon, kind of the, uh, you know, the outer rim, kind of an uncharted uh, sequel to the, I like the name a lot, (laughs) Coriolis the Great Dark. Yeah yeah but we'll find out more what that's about as we get closer to uh get closer to the version of that so you, you that's played. exciting yeah
1: yeah I've, well Coriolis is a beautiful sci-fi game like thematically it's like one of the richest uh high. Heist, heist what would you call it like space opera style mm-hmm. sci-fi mm-hmm. games like mm-hmm. it it's it just has this wonderful feel and it's different because they really leaned into sort of uh a lot of sort of arabic and middle eastern kind of themes Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm.
1: right and so it kind of it kind of feels a little like firefly but it also feels a little like uh something more epic you Mm. know something something more like uh the expanse or something like that right It's, it's it's got a really neat feel and it's year zero system, which I love. So yeah, we, we should probably play that sometime.
0: Oh yeah. No, I, I would love to. Yeah. I've got the, the core book, but I haven't had anybody. I think some group has been running it here in Osaka, but yeah, haven't gotten, uh, uh, Connected with them. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it sounds very, uh, uh very fun. So I'm curious what they're, though, what they think they didn't cover or what they can expand with that setting. Because it sounds like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's going to be a bit different. Like they said, it's uh in the little bit of the beginning of the live stream when they were introducing it, they're talking about, yeah, this is kind of a, a, a frontier story, like, you know, the mm-hmm. edge of something. So it's going to be different from the established, you know, kind of politics and dynamics of uh, the previous...
1: Yeah, because it's uh, the th- where you play. It's not it's not like Star Wars where you're hyper jumping all over the place like crazy. It, mm-hmm. It's more limited. It's more like Firefly where you have this big system, mm-hmm. and then I think they. I'm trying to remember. It's been a long time since we played, but I think you have like a jump gate kind of situation that takes you to a nearby system. Mm. I want to say, but you're not. Uh, you're not exploring the whole galaxy or anything crazy like that. So it does have like sort of a core inner worlds that are more controlled and civilized and a more outer world frontier kind of thing going on.
0: Oh, cool. Cool. So yeah, we'll hear more about that as the uh, campaign comes up. So yeah, I think free league though, they're not going to leave Kickstarter anytime soon. They've had some good, good luck with, with kickstarter so we'll see that that will be interesting as soon as free league leaves then you know that uh yeah kickstarter has really pissed off uh the tabletop crowd i
1: think they could though right mm. They're been the fact that they've been so successful to me means they probably could jump over to oh yeah. game or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you know once they get it up and rolling be be fine yeah so yeah
0: yeah that's true yeah if they had another like if they have another big licensed ip game that would be would be a huge launch on crowdfunding that would be a good time to like you know save that seven <laughs> percent fee and uh <laughs> make off with it yeah so we'll see we'll see what happens all right so that will do it for this week so where can people find you matt
1: Oh, uh, I am on Instagram and Threads. Uh, It's at Hargald, H-A-A-R-G-A-L-D. Where right now I'm posting about, what did I do? I did a, what kind of Game Master are you survey? Oh, nice. From this place, the site was called like TTRPG University or something Mm -hmm. like that. It was like 54 questions. I almost stopped because I was like, really? Another question? But wow. But uh, uh, back is an enthusiast. Oh. Whatever that means. They don't explain it. They uh, just tell you. It's really just an ad to get you to go to their, their
2: yeah. site. Right, you
0: know? right, right. I guess that's better than poser, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. that's a, Yeah, that's a funny result. Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: And making fun of Nick Caravazo? Was that his name? Caravazzi? Uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, the real True Detective creator? Because oh, right, right, right. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Season five just got greenlit, and it must be boiling his blood. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But uh, and then, like you said, tomorrow playing mm-hmm. Blade Runner. Hope I don't die. Yes. Yeah. you my last um, chance.
0: My last chance to. Uh, Eliminate Perez. Retirement he's, for Perez.
1: He's like half dead already. <laughs> right? But, uh, how, how about you?
0: Ah, so uh, occasionally you can find me uh, drawing cartoons on my live stream. It's The schedule hasn't worked out for a little while now. But um, abuse cartoons uh, on YouTube and Twitch. So I draw my cartoon, my single panel gag cartoon, Domestic Abuse, uh, that you can read at gocomics.com slash domestic abuse. And if you like what we're doing here on the weekly, you can support us by becoming a weakling uh, visit patreon.com upturn table and uh, tell us what you like to see on the weekly and uh, send us some tips some news stories or some crazy gossip on reddit whatever whatever you come across and uh, we can talk about it on the uh, on the show but uh, yeah thanks so much for joining us and it's a uh, upturn table on social media upturntablecom And yeah, so we'll uh, be back about the same time with the uh, live stream for Blade Runner, the last session of Fiery Angels. And uh, yeah, so join us then. And thank you so much, Matt, for... um helping me out this week uh chris was away it's the emperor's birthday today so uh long live the uh god emperor of mankind i mean no that's the, not that guy somebody <laughs> else <laughs> let's not get into god emperors um but uh yeah so it was a three-day weekend so uh a trip with the family uh, uh over this weekend so we'll see we'll see what happens uh next week but Uh, Thank you, Matt. And I will see you soon, Matt. And uh, we'll take a little break and uh, be right back to talk to the chat. So thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye.